Welcome to another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Yelland. Before we get to our guest today, if you like our podcasts, there is a way you can help us out and contribute. Corey? You can go to CannabisHealthRadio.com, go to the donate page, and lend us uh, your assistance. Lend us a hand. Please and thank you. Thank you. Our guest today was diagnosed with Crohn's disease at the age of nine osteoporosis around the age of 18, and fibromyalgia around the age of 21. And joining us from Manchester in the UK to tell his story is Tony Potts. Tony, are you still in Manchester? Yep, I am. Okay, great. Now, you've been dealing with a lot of serious health issues in your life, but you're now doing all the right things to heal yourself. Take us back to when you were nine years of age, and tell us about your diagnosis of Crohn's disease. Um, well, it all started one day when I went to the toilet. Um, nothing seemed unusual. Um, and then, obviously, while I was on the toilet, when I got off, I noticed there was a lot of blood in the toilet. And then, I obviously, I wasn't in any pain, Um I was a nine-year-old child. I didn't really know what to do. So I flushed the toilet and ignored it and thought, well, it it won't happen again. It was just one time. And then it happened again and again. And eventually the toilet paper didn't flush and my, my, my mum see the blood on it. So I was taken to a doctor who wrote a letter and sent it straight to the local children's hospital um, to the A&E department. There, I was seen by a doctor who admitted me to a ward straight away for observations and tests, um, and was diagnosed quite quickly with that. Um, and then, obviously, I was, I was made aware from the start that I had a condition that could not be cured, and there wasn't much they could do for me. Um, they'd have to do quite a few tests to try and figure out what was going on, and then... It all just started from there, really, the testing and everything. And then I was eventually diagnosed. I can't remember how quickly it was, but it was rather quick. I mean, I've heard of people not being diagnosed for years, whereas I I got quite a quick diagnosis with Crohn's disease. Well, actually, at first, they thought it was also colitis, but um, then it was actually changed to Crohn's disease when they realised it was like... It was affecting my whole digestive system and not just my large intestine. Tony, were you in any pain at all? I think you indicated that you weren't in any pain. Um, No, I wasn't in any pain when I was going to the toilet and bleeding. I didn't have any stomach pain. Um, To be fair, the the first lot of pain I actually felt was, was from the different examinations and tests they actually did on me. So at the age of nine, you were diagnosed with Crohn's. How did it affect your um, childhood? Um, 
obviously I missed quite a bit of school. Um, I couldn't do some of the things that I used to do and that I enjoyed doing because obviously I had to be near to a toilet because I'd have to rush off to the toilet quite often. Um, so obviously it changed what I could do as a child and how I had to look at situations if I was going somewhere I didn't know I had to figure out where the toilet was in case I needed it in an emergency yeah obviously it's it's like you go from being a healthy child to someone who's dealing with these conditions and having to remember to take all this medication every day so it sort of like forces you to grow up quickly really Yeah. yeah did the medication help you at all um it did in some ways but I did suffer like side effects with a lot of the medication. What kind of side effects? Um, the main one being obviously the ones being that have shown up later on in life that weren't obvious when was taking the medication, like the osteoporosis was a side effect of the steroid use. Mm-hmm. So although I didn't realise at the time, it obviously was affecting the density of my bones. That's a shame. Oh, so the uh, so the steroids you were taking actually gave you osteoporosis. Yeah, that's what the hospital think anyway. Ah, okay, I get it now. And when you were diagnosed with osteoporosis, you were only eighteen years of age, around that time. Yeah, 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 around that time. That was that was around the time I had my first bone density scan because obviously they wanted to check. Because, um, obviously, I'd had one course of steroid treatment and they wanted me to have this scan to check that I didn't have osteoporosis and actually shown that I had osteopenemia, which is the onset of osteoporosis. You know, Tony, one of the things about doing this program is we've interviewed so many people who have had so many various ailments that I almost feel, Corey, like it's a medical degree. I mean, learning mm-hmm. about this, I mean, yeah. I have no idea that steroids created osteoporosis. Or um, you've talked about people with cancer and cancer, uh, and uh, chemotherapy. Chemotherapy uh, can actually cause cancer and give you what uh, is termed uh, chemo brain. Yeah, right? chemo brain and uh, uh, lymphedemia, peripheral neuropathy. Those are just some of the gifts. So, Tony, when you were diagnosed with osteoporosis, were you having? Uh, were you breaking any bones at all, or was it just a diagnosis at the time? Um, well, to be fair, ever since ever since I was a child, I've I've been one for breaking bones. Um, I didn't really notice that I was breaking any um, any unusual like ones unusually like without any stress or anything. Um, just a kid playing around, but, right? Uh, yeah, and and then my first unusual break come um, probably about five years ago now when I just noticed that I had pain in my foot and I went to the hospital and they did an x-ray but they couldn't see anything. So I went away thinking, well, everything's fine. And then the pain started to get worse, so I went back and I had another x-ray and they couldn't see anything again. And this went on a few times until they eventually did an MRI scan and they found out that there was... Um, I had broke my third metatarsal and I actually had a bit of bone that had broke off that was floating around in my ankle that they'd have to operate on to remove. 
Wow. So how many times, just out of curiosity, how many bones have you broken? Um, quite a few. I mean, since my foot, since my left foot and my ankle that I've just told you about, I broke, um, broke my right foot. Um, one of the bones in my right foot that they actually missed and they only seen it on an MRI scan again, but they only seen the bruising around it from the healing, so it had healed by the time they actually spotted it. Um, I've broke a rib, I think, and I suspect I've broke other ones that haven't really caused me much of a problem, so I haven't gone to the hospital because there's not really much they can do. Mm. Or a lot of them because they just they're only like small stress fractures and they can a lot of them can heal on their own without any problems. That must be tough, Tony. Growing up as a kid, you've got Crohn's disease. Uh, you you have to be aware of where every bathroom is. Well, we've had to talk to people and uh, they've indicated that they they have to know where the bathroom is. And so I asked this fellow, what do you do if the bathroom's occupied? And he says, you learn to hold it. And, yeah. <laughs> and, and he says, sometimes you even break down the door because you have to go. And, I mean, it's very, very painful. Were you smoking cannabis at all during this period? Um, I first started smoking cannabis, first tried cannabis when I was 15 years old. Um, I didn't really notice any difference with my stomach because I wasn't really smoking it that much, just on and off as a child trying it for the first time. actually really liked the taste of it, to be fair. And then it was around about 16 when he left school and was in college and I had other problems that I actually started smoking cannabis quite a lot but actually started to realise it was like I was feeling better the more I smoked the better I felt So was there a link there knowing that hey maybe this works for me I should continue doing it? Yeah at the time I I sort of realised it was helping obviously it helped me it helped me have an appetite and be able to eat more. And I noticed that my stomach didn't seem to be as bad when I was smoking as opposed to when I wasn't. So I just obviously from then decided that I, I liked cannabis and I, no matter what anyone said, I was going to continue to use it. Were you underweight as a teenager? Um, yeah, I've probably always been underweight, to be fair. I'm currently probably around seven and a half stone. Okay. Um, I've been eight stone once in my life. Yeah, that is uh, that is very light. And uh, because most people who have Crohn's disease are underweight. I mean, you don't see anyone who's heavy yeah. with yeah. Crohn's disease. So you have uh, Crohn's disease at 9, you're diagnosed with osteoporosis at 18, thanks to the steroids, and then you're dealt a third card. You have fibromyalgia around the age of 21. Tell us about that. Well, I was working in a restaurant at a time, full time, and... I started to notice one winter when it was cold that I had quite a bit of pain in my joints, but I just thought it was because it was cold. And then as it got warmer the next year, it seemed 
to get better. So I thought, well, it might just be because it was rather cold. Eventually, the next winter, the pain come back again, but it was a little bit worse this time. And then it took longer to go away. And then eventually, the pain was there constantly. Now, when did you, or did you, have you started taking cannabis oil at this time? Um, no, I didn't start taking cannabis oil till um, probably about three years ago now. I first got hold of some cannabis oil. So prior to that period, then you were just smoking it, or would you ingest it at all in any way? I was smoking it, and I had tried um, baking with it a few times and eating it. How did the edibles feel for you? Um, to be fair, I was I was quite young when I did them, and it wasn't I wasn't doing it as a medical point of view. Like obviously, I didn't see like I didn't know of like all the medical claims about cannabis um, at that time, and I was mainly doing it with friends to obviously get high. But I did notice that, obviously, when I ate it, like, my stomach was calm after I ate it, and I didn't have any problems for a good few days, and I I found I wasn't rushing to the toilet. Yeah, Yeah, I don't think you're any different than uh, most people, Tony, when it comes to cannabis, because I think... Probably most people feel that it is used recreationally, but once people begin to understand the medical benefits of this plant, uh, it takes on a whole different complexion. It is really looked upon uh, more as medicine. Do you look upon it now as medicine as opposed to a recreational drug? Yeah, I do, but obviously um, there's always going to be the argument that it can be abused, um, but it's the same with anything. Alcohol can be abused, prescription drugs can be abused. I mean, there's been stories of doctors like misprescribing people drugs like to, to get money, so obviously the doctors can abuse that system as well. It's not just obviously patients. So there's always going to be the argument there that it can be abused and that's why it shouldn't be legal. But obviously everything can be abused. So if that was the case, then should we make everything illegal? Tony, take us back to the time three years ago, roughly three years ago, when you started taking cannabis oil. Well, I was um, told by a friend that they knew of someone who could get hold of some farmer. So I approached them and... They got me some, and the funny thing is, when I first got it, I, I did the first thing that I know that I knew to test it, and that was uh, put some on a on a piece of paper and smoke it, basically. So I, I rolled the joint with the cannabis oil, and and it got me high, and I noticed it wasn't an effect. So straight away, I tried to ingest some and see what that was like, and it didn't take long for me to obviously notice the effect from it so i started obviously looking at different ways of obviously taking it and i found that if you mix it with coconut oil then it's meant to have a better effect and you're meant to absorb it better so i started obviously looking into it more straight away and trying to find out more information on it and how often were you taking it when you first started um when i first started i i actually started taking it every day um because I wanted to obviously build it up in my system, but as the time went on, I, I thought it's, 
really I should treat it like any other medicine and if I don't need it as much try and withdraw from it a little bit so that I'm just taking it every now and then and I'm not taking it all the time and how did it deal with your symptoms for Crohn's disease to be fair I don't really have many symptoms from from my Crohn's disease anymore um I do, like, sometimes I will go to the toilet, like, two or three times a day, but sometimes, like, now a lot of the time I will only be going once. I don't tend to get a lot of pain from my Crohn's, but if I do get any pain that comes out of the blue, I just just take some cannabis oil, and it, it tends to go away, really. I mean, I've had situations where I've woke up in pain where I thought a normal person would would phone an ambulance or go to the hospital, but I obviously reached for the cannabis oil, took some of that and waited for a while, and the pain's gone away. So in a week, how much would you say you take of cannabis oil? Um, it depends, really. I've not been taking much at the minute because I'm running out of the stuff that I've got, um, and I'm finding it obviously quite difficult to afford it. Um, that so I've actually wrote a letter to my hospital asking them um, to prescribe me Sativex off license. It's tough to get cannabis oil in the UK, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it's it's very difficult, um, and obviously you've got to trust the people who you're getting it off. Really, the the price can be. Uh, quite expensive if you want to be taken all the time. I mean, I've heard cancer patients like having to take like a gram a day, which really, if it, if I, I think of, when I think about that, I I would never be able to afford to take a gram a day of it. Well, it's expensive here, and it's a little bit more expensive in the states. But it's my understanding; it's even more expensive there. What's a gram go for? A gram um, of oil. I normally buy. Five grams at a time, and it costs me about 165 pounds. Um, but I've known people charging a lot more. I mean, I I get it from um, some people who are actually doing it for cancer patients and to help people who are ill, as opposed to job just selling cannabis oil to make some money. So you're getting. Um you're getting yours at a at a cheaper rate than than the average person would. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, and so that's two hundred and eighty two dollars in Canadian money yeah. for five grams. Five grams, which is really not a bad price. Yeah, which is pretty sad. Yeah. Pretty sad statement, isn't it? <laughs> that's about two hundred American. Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. Five grams. I mean, forty dollars. Like gram. to make my own. Are you able to grow? Um. I've currently got one plug going at the minute under an LED light. I'd like to grow more, but obviously I'd, it's it's risky. Um, I'm in a rented property, so it's not my own property. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, I've I've now wrote a letter to my hospital, which is I don't know whether they'll like it and what they'll do about it. So you you never know if you're going to get that knock at the door, do you? No, you don't, and it's uh, it's a crazy system all over the world, Tony. What do you feel your health would be today if you were not 
taking cannabis at during the course of your life? Um, if I wasn't taking cannabis and I relied on the hospital's medication, I honestly believe I'd be dead. I mean, when I was 16, when I was withdrawn from the steroids, I lost my appetite completely. I dropped from eight stone because I'd just come back off holiday and I ate that a lot because I was on the steroids, so they were making me hungry. And then I come back and I was eight stone, and within about four to eight weeks, I think it was, I'd gone from eight stone to six stone and had to have a tube put in to feed me. So I think if I had took everything the hospital wanted to give me, the side effects from it would have probably just finished me off. I was just looking up because I don't really relate to stone <laughs> very well. So for people who are like me, um, eight stone is 112 pounds. Yeah, there's 14 pounds to a stone. Okay, thank you, Mr. Genius. Yeah, no. <laughs> I recall this because we interviewed someone earlier from the UK who... But, you know, when you're when you're six stone, uh, that's only uh, 70 pounds. I mean, you were just a skeleton, Tony. Yeah, I was. Brilliant. And how tall are you? I'm about five foot four, five foot five, I think. But even I mean, even at five foot five, that is uh, that's very very thin, seventy pounds. So they you were on uh, you were on a, a feeding. Um, oh, I lost my train of thought. I was on a feeding tube. Yeah, a feeding tube. Um, yeah, yeah. That was uh, inserted up my nose, and then they went down into my stomach and I had that in for a good few months and had to have a feed on overnight every night. How's um, the uh, cannabis oil work with your fibro? We have a lot of people Um, that contact me with fibro. It helps with the pain a lot because obviously you get a a lot of pain with that. The one thing... I think I struggle with a lot is, uh, I don't know if you've heard of the term, but it's called fibrofog, and obviously it it affects your memory a lot. So I think I can manage the pain with what I'm taking at the minute with the cannabis oil and the supplements that I'm taking, but I do think I struggle with, with the fibrofog a lot. Tony, what other things are you doing to keep yourself healthy? I'm taking a lot of supplements, um, a lot of powders that I put into capsules myself that cover, basically, I think, I'm hoping that I've covered all of my vitamins and minerals that I could possibly need throughout the day so that I can take them and then obviously I've got from them what I need for the day and then whatever I eat after that is a bonus and my body can obviously get what it needs and I don't have to worry about if I feel like eating loads today or if I don't feel like eating much. Mm -hmm. So do you have a fairly, in quotations, normal life now? I'd say I'm getting there. I mean, it's I'm finding I'm doing better now that I'm having um, Reiki once a week. Um, That's helping with, obviously, the fibro fog, I feel, a lot. Um, And it's brought my appetite back, which I haven't had for 15 years. So I'm actually enjoying food now and not just eating because I know I have to. Are you gaining any weight? 
Um, I have actually. I mean, I went to see the rheumatology doctor at the hospital and then I went to see the IBD nurse and during the few the couple of weeks that I went to them appointments I put on a few pounds I am actually putting on weight slower good for you I noticed Tony that when you sent us uh, some information on your condition you uh, gave us an outline of the number of nutritional products you take and i think you know you take pretty much everything that i take and i think you're on the right track uh you take you take the organic wheatgrass powder you take a lot of green powders which i think have a lot of minerals in them and i it's my belief and i may be wrong in this but the food that people eat today is nutritionally deficient yeah, and, I believe that myself. And I think what people need to do is supplement that. And one of the things that we face in Canada is that we have one of the highest uh, multiple sclerosis rates in the world, and people wonder why. And I think if you look at Canada and some of the Nordic countries and even the U.K., uh, the problem is that during the winter months, there's very, very little sunshine. It's gray, and yeah. when, the, when the sun does come out, it's so low in the sky that it doesn't provide you enough vitamin D. And people yeah, need well, people I, need to t- take more vitamin D. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I live in Manchester, so it is quite it's quite cloudy here all the time. So it's kind of like Victoria in the winter. Yeah, it's the same. It's the same here, and it's dark. It's gray. It's rainy, and I think people people feel that they, oh, if I take one vitamin D capsule, I'll be fine. And one isn't going to do it. There was a study uh, that I was reading about uh, last year, which it says you need to take nine thousand units, international units, a day in order to get your proper amount. No, you yeah, don't. well, my, um, my vitamin D supplement that I take is 5,000 international units, and I take one a day. The doctor at the hospital actually said that it seems like a large dose, but obviously um, I carried on taking it, and then within a few weeks, my vitamin D levels have gone from being very low to back within normal levels. One of the things you got to be careful of is listening to doctors about nutrition because, <laughs> and doctors are going to hate me for this, they know virtually nothing about nutrition. I know. I've, I've found that out. <laughs> yeah, you found that out exactly. I was uh, listening to a doctor being interviewed, and she was saying that she took a half an hour of nutritional classes in university. A half an hour. Oh. But when it comes to pharmaceutical products, Man, they will prescribe anything to you. Yeah. And the thing, Tony, is, as you know, nobody has ever died from taking too much vitamin D. Yeah, and obviously I've noticed as well that if they say these things don't work, then why do they go after the companies and obviously try and ban the products so much? I mean, I've noticed just recently I had on Amazon, I had five different vitamin D3 tablets all natural and i had them saved to my wish list so that i had a choice of which ones i wanted to purchase and they've all disappeared off amazon like within the past week 
and mm. I can't find them on there anymore. So they're not being sold? No. Find and even the ones, the, the ones that, I've, that I'm currently taking at the minute that I'm running out of aren't, aren't on sale anymore. I can order them from America, but it'll cost me an extra $25 to get them sent, which isn't much, but I... I mean, I've, I've been looking at if there's anywhere in the UK where I can source them from. Well, it all adds up, too, when you're or- ordering and buying all of this stuff. Yeah. Tony, do you have health food stores in the UK like we have here, where you can go in and buy all sorts of vitamins and supplements? Uh, yeah, we do. We have quite a few. There's some, obviously, high street ones, and there's um, we have there's a local... Um, shop near me that sells all organic food and it sells uh, sells some of like the supplement powders. Well, can you not buy your vitamin D there? Um, the the local shop doesn't have any, um, and the other main shop where I could have a look is um, called Holland and Barrett, and the pri- I can find be- better prices online and. Obviously, but what I think better quality. So I choose to obviously try and source it online. Well, the good news is that uh, you're 31 years of age, right? Yeah. Yeah, you're 31. You're getting better. Uh, your health is improving. Uh, your Crohn's. Would you say your Crohn's is in remission? Um, I think it has been for a while. Um, obviously, the the more I've started taking with my like supplements and the cannabis oil i think the more it has gone into remission and i don't really notice that it's there anymore obviously compared to what i went through as a child it's it's completely different since since i started taking cannabis and it's just got it's just got better since i started taking all my supplements well, if you stick with the cannabis oil and your Crohn's will stay in remission, your osteoporosis is doing you're, you're a little bit better in that regard? I feel I am. My, my vitamin D levels have gone back in normal level. I'm obviously waiting for my next bone density scan and I'm hoping that that shows an improvement on my bones. So I'm hoping really that eventually it will all heal itself tony it was great to talk to you we wish you good health i think you're on the right track you're doing all the right things hopefully you'll live a long and healthy life it was good very good to meet you and talk to you thank you yeah thanks you too thank you so much tony thanks if you'd like to come on the radio and tell your story about the use of cannabis for medical purposes send us an email at info at cannabishealthradio.com wherever you are in the world Thanks very much for listening. You've been listening to the Cannabis Health Radio podcast. Visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Joyce Gerber, the creator and host of the award-winning podcast, The Canna Mom Show. 
And we are on a mission to enhance the impact women have on this industry as business professionals, healthcare providers, policy advocates, caregivers, moms, by sharing and preserving their stories of love and kindness, wisdom, and hope. I am so grateful to have found my tribe of Canada podcasters right here on PodConnex and look forward to our work of crushing the stigma around cannabis and caregivers and building this new industry together.